Okay, you guys, we are so fired up because we just got done interviewing Trey and Lee from Stronger Marriages, and they are a big-time encouragement. The quality of their content is so high, and just in this you know, 30-minute interview conversation that we had, there were so many nuggets of wisdom and insight and exhortation regarding marriage and family. So Katie and I are really fired up, and so we're really excited to share it all with you. Well, actually, this is kind of fun because... I mentioned Stronger Marriages in a podcast like three weeks ago and linked them down in our podcast notes because a lot of you guys were asking, where did you hear about these specific marriage workshops? And we, I was able to reach out and get an interview with them. And so I'm really excited for you guys to hear directly from them. I hope that you guys go check out their podcast. They've been married for 30 years and raised four boys together. And Elisha and I both just love hearing from marriages that are further down the road. Yes, that's right. So we'll link all of their information below, their podcast, their website, their Instagram. You can go check out their workshops that they do. They've got like this cruise, this marriage cruise coming up. They've got books. So we'll link that all below. Um, Also, Katie, why don't you go ahead and just read their bio? You want to read their bio for everyone? Sure. Why not? Let's make it official. I think we we covered it, but I will say it again. Okay. So should I read it like, hi, we're Trey and Lee? Well, no, because we're not. So, (laughs) Okay, so Trey and Lee have been married for over 30 years and have raised four boys. They've been involved in marriage ministry and marriage coaching for over 20 years, and they do weekend workshops called Stronger Marriage Workshops. They say, we are so blessed to get to speak to thousands of couples each year on how to build godly, healthy marriages and families. I feel like I did a pretty good job reading that with my own words. I think so, too. I think we should have probably just done that for the intro, but instead... (laughs) You got so much more. Enjoy the conversation. The Now That We're a Family podcast. Trey, Lee, wow, thank you so much, you guys, for taking the time to hop on here and share with us a bit of your story, some insight into marriage. Uh, We've already given a brief kind of introduction to our audience as to who you guys are and what it is that you do. But I know, selfishly, I'd love to hear it from your guys' perspective, how, how you guys met, how you guys got going in family and eventually ministry. What, what did that all look like? Well, let me, let me start, and then I'll let you take over a little bit. We, we were teenage sweethearts. Uh, we, we fell in love at church in youth group together and uh, didn't go to school together. We, we always, we kind of say high school sweethearts because that's how, what people kind of understand, but we, we actually uh, fell in love at, at, at church, going to youth group together, and Lee was a little bit younger than I was, and, and as she kind of grew up, I pointed out to a couple of my buddies, say hey, one of these days, she's going to be really cute when she gets older, and she got older, um, and, and we dated through high school, uh, I went and spent some time doing college while she finished high school. And as soon as she was done with high school, we were, we were like ready to start life. Uh, we got married as soon as she was out. Uh, she turned 18 and we took off and went to uh, seminary or preaching school together and, and spent a couple of years there and then jumped right into ministry and, and marriage ministry and things along those lines. And um yeah, that's kind of, you can take over from there and kids and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, 33 years later, here we are. We have, we've raised four boys. Um, we're empty nesters. 
our boys range in age from 32 to 20. So <laughs> wow. two of them are married. We have one grandbaby. So, yep. Yeah, we're kind of in a new area. The, empty the nest. empty nest is a new area for us. And so we were a little nervous about it, but uh, also excited about it. Um, it, it, it was good. We, we, after marriage, we said, Hey, five years and we're going to start having kids in about five months after <laughs> marriage, Lee said, I'm pregnant. And so we've not done a lot of life without kids, uh, 30 something years of kids in our home. And so all of a sudden we're here and it's been fun. We're liking it. That is so awesome. And it's so fun to hear your story. It's kind of similar in the fact that Elisha had to wait for me to grow up a little bit. And then we got pregnant right away. Uh, But it's just so fun to hear your story. And you guys jumped into marriage ministry then like right off the bat. Is that the type of ministry you jumped into? Actually, we I'm a minister or a pastor and and have been since since we finished school for the last 30 something years. And and Marriage ministry and family ministry was just kind of a side thing. We we loved to do it. We offered you know classes at our church uh, that we would do on on marriage and family and and Bible studies at our house on uh, you know weekday evenings. You know hey y'all come over if y'all want to have a little Bible study. But it really wasn't until about ten years ago that God really just kind of opened up the doors and said all right, it's time, and and just did some incredible stuff for us and our our marriage ministry together that we have now, and so mm. it, it was, it's always been something we've been passionate about, but in the last 10 years, God has really said, hey, I've got some stuff, some really good stuff for you. I think that's so cool. I, I know that, you know, growing up in a Christian home and being able to be a part of some very healthy churches, I was able to sit under some great pastoral teaching, you know, and people that I was able to learn doctrine and theology from. But yet, as time went on, I realized it seemed like there was a a void in the area of Christian family discipleship or Christian marriage discipleship, even though many pastors would be advocates of those things, and they would kind of encourage us in a general sense when it came to particulars or really discipling in the nitty-gritty of life, it seemed to be, there seemed to be a void. And so the fact that you not only were able to pastor a flock, you know, in the general sense, but also specifically delve into marriage, I think was probably a tremendous blessing for your local body, and now it's become a blessing for for the country. I'm sure, sure you guys have blessed people outside of our country as well. So I think that's I think that's great. There's no, there's never going to be too many people, Christian couples, encouraging Christian marriages. And so we're really grateful that you're doing that. Yeah. So I want to hear what are some kind of defining moments of your marriage journey? You guys have been married for decades and there have got to be some like peak moments, either lows or highs that you look back on and are like, okay, that was really pivotal for us in our marriage. Right. I think, I think early on, we talked about some of these earlier, um, you know, once we've been married for a few years and reality kind of set in and we, we realized, you know, we were going to some classes, marriage classes, and we kind of realized, Hey, we've, we've settled into some bad habits in our marriage and we kind of had to own some things, some character flaws, you know, that we really needed to work on to better our marriage. And so when we both discussed it and said, you know what, I, I got to work on this. And we did that. I think that was pivotal for sure, because 
you know, we, we weren't in a good place at that time. We were just kind of going through the motions and we were doing things that were hurting our marriage more than helping our marriage. And so we just kind of had to own some things and, and, and go to work. Yeah, we, we, were, we were very young. And, and, you know, even though I was older than Lee, she was much more mature than I was. But uh, there were just some, some differences in who we were. And we both had some, some character flaws that we needed to work through, that we needed to go, okay, I need to work on this. This is really not good for my marriage. Um, it is not good for me as a father for my children to see this. And so we, we did, we kind of went to work and those weren't fun times. Uh, and I, I don't mean it was bad. Our marriage wasn't bad, but those were not times you look back on and go, boy, I'm really glad we addressed these issues and problems. That was so fun. There wasn't a lot of fun about it, but it had to be done. Uh, it, it's just like having a, a cancer that, that just, you just got to do something about it. You just can't sit back and go, I hope it goes away. Hmm. Wow. What did that like? What did that look like? Because, you know, when I think about maybe working on my health, I think of some specific things that I do, maybe I exercise or improve my diet or we work on our finances and we, you know, pull up, pull up Dave Ramsey's program or whatever it is you get, you get specific. But when you say work on your marriage, were there specific things that you guys had to implement into your life um, to start practicing? Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, one of my big things was was criticism. I was too critical. Um, I kind of, I just let things get under my skin too much. And I, and my tone of voice would get out of control. You know, I wasn't speaking respectfully. And, and so I just kind of had to uh, really work on my relationship with God and, you know, get into the word and just really, you know, just work on myself and realize that I needed to be a better person to my spouse and to my children. Like Trey said, I wasn't setting a good example to my children. And so I just, you know, I really had to get introspective and work on my relationship with God to make our relationship better. Yeah. And I think that works true for both of us. I had some issues uh, in the old days and still things that, uh, that I had to work through personality wise that, you know, I was a, a, an extrovert that very comfortably talks and sometimes talks without thinking and says things without thinking. Uh, I exaggerated things, you know, you know, there was a thousand people there um, and, and, and dishonesty, even in the little things were things that I learned, Hey, I can't do this. I can't, I can't hide things from my wife. uh, Even if it's just information uh, because that comes across as a form of dishonesty. And so we had to kind of learn some areas that we had to work through and, and deal with. And, and it's, it, and it blessed us. And it was things we just had to specifically, you know, there's a lot of people who go, ah, that's just me. You're going to have to learn with me, learn to love me like I am. No, that's really not. Those are personality uh, flaws that you have to work through, whether it's anger um, whatever it is, you, you have got to step up and own it and go to work on it so that you can better, you know, your spouse shouldn't have to love you for your, your character flaws that are not healthy for your marriage. And that's something that it's a constant, you know, it's, it's not, we're not completely fixed. We have to keep working on it all the time. Hmm. And that's something that's encouraging to hear someone who's further along in marriage here, because it's, or say is it's beautiful, the covenant in marriage, and it's beautiful that we have that unconditional love. And so we have that security and we can grow. But I think sometimes in marriage, we take advantage of that and just go, okay, well now I'm going to stop trying, or I don't need to earn your love. So I'm not going to try to make it enjoyable for you to love me, you know? And so 
it, we could still work to have it be a joy for our partner to love us and be married to us, even though, yeah, at the end of the day, they're still with us for good or for bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that is so cool to hear how you address those things that maybe when you're a single person might seem like some petty character traits. You might not even call them character flaws. You're just like, oh, it's just a character trait of mine. And then you get into that covenantal relationship with somebody that you're living with and doing life with and growing a family with. And oftentimes it's really easy to find advocates for you to stay the same. If you want to go find people to support you in, in who you are as a person, rather than who God has called us to be as Christians and as a husband and a wife, you can go find those people very easily. And so the fact that instead of going to maybe that, those, that type of influence, you went to the Lord. And I, I'm always so convicted when I I mean, again, this is probably a lifelong journey. You know, I find frustrations with Katie or I find frustrations with my children. And then I go to the Lord and I see who I am in him and before him and who he's called me to be. And it's crazy how, like you were talking about, Lee, when you make your relationship right with the Lord, it's crazy how all those other things seem to really fall into place a lot more smoothly. Um, and so that's just so good for me to hear. And it's something that I want to remember forever. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So you guys have seen thousands of different marriages. What are kind of some patterns that you've seen that can be really detrimental? Maybe like the little foxes. There's something that maybe a couple doesn't notice or recognize early on in their marriage, and then they pile up over time and they can become a really big deal. Like first, well, a lot of couples that we see, um, they, they, they remind me of, uh, uh, direct TV or, or dish, uh, in the fact that they, they work so hard to win their spouse, boy, they'll offer every, if you just signed a contract, man, we are all in, we're going to do all these things. And then, and in a year or two down the road, you've lost all your channels. You're paying twice as much. And basically they're telling you, you know, what's the minimum that I have to do to keep you. And couples do this all the time. They, they, you know, he proposes with rose petals for, you know, a block and, and, and is just so romantic and then stop sending flowers and two or three years into marriage, there's, you know, there's no dates, there's no holding hands. There's the stuff that you fell in love doing, you've just stopped. And, and then, and then it's not surprising when somebody goes, well, we just don't kind of feel like we did when we get got married. Well, I don't know why you would, you're not doing anything that you did when you got married. And so we're big advocates on, be the person your spouse fell in love with. And if, if you were someone who flirted with your spouse and bragged on your spouse, uh, sent flowers and wrote notes, uh, you should be doing those things today. And it doesn't matter if you've been married three years or 33 years, um, that is something that you need to step up and do because you don't just all of a sudden go, what's the minimum I have to do to make you happy? That is not going to work in a marriage and you're not going to have a happy, healthy marriage with that kind of attitude. Hmm. Wow. That's so convicting. And it is so true that I think of how much effort I put forth to surprise Katie when we were dating, um, you know, to be, to think, uh, to go the extra mile in, in different things that I would do for Katie. And, and yet you get into a lot more of that domestic relationship where you're doing life and it's just, you turn that part of your brain off. What a, you're ripping your spouse off and you're ripping yourself off from romance that could, that's potentially there. I would actually say you're doing a better job than when we got married. Well, I have my, I have my moments. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
You got to improve a little as you go, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, we go from trying to impress each other to all of a sudden kind of being a little too comfortable, honestly, around each other. Uh, couples who used to dress up to go out on dates or, hey, I got to put on a clean shirt. My, my girlfriend's coming over. Or I got, you know, I want to I want him to say, wow, when he sees me for the date. And now it's kind of like, hey, I, should I change out of my, my hoodie and sweatpants to go out for supper tonight? <laughs> and it's like, don't just dress down for your spouse. Don't just give them the minimum work hard to be the spouse that they fell in love with. And that's just, that's just a, just a common thing for couples to get really comfortable in marriage. And that's not always the best thing. Hmm. Wow. That's so cool. So I want to ask a little bit about the stronger marriages workshops that you guys put on throughout the country, right? You guys do these at various locations, uh, which is really cool, but I'm curious as to how those have, have those changed over the years? You know, you said you started doing those, was it about 10 years ago, you started going and putting these events on. And when you're talking to marriages now, I'm sure a lot of the concepts are the same, but do you see your audience changing and the, maybe the needs of marriages or the trials and struggles of marriages changing over the last, you know, 10 years since you started this? And, and what do those workshops actually look like? Yeah, I think our material has definitely evolved. Um, from, you know, questions that people will write in and ask us continually and we'll think, well, we, we need to work that into, you know, our material and address that during workshops. Um, we speak a lot to um, the use of cell phones and, you know, how they can be used for good in marriage or how they can really hurt your marriage if you are using them unwisely in a lot of ways. And, and, so, and that's something that's new in the, yes. in the past few years yeah, because all of a sudden... Media, all of a sudden, those are new things to marriages, and they're hurting marriages if they're not done right. Right. Yeah. Mm. So, so definitely, our our material, you know, evolves and continues to evolve. Yeah, and and we have we do about sixteen workshops a year, uh, twelve to sixteen. We try we try to stick with one per month. Uh, because there's so much traveling involved, but that doesn't always work that way. Sometimes if we have somebody close to where we live, we'll tell them, say, yeah, we'll work you in somewhere in here. But uh, uh, we have, you know, just depending on the location in the area, um, we have really good crowds and, and we find it interesting that um, people are finally understanding that to come to a workshop, you don't have to have your marriage in, pro in trouble. Uh, that, hey, if I just want to better my marriage, which that's really the goal, you don't wait till your marriage is in trouble uh, to, to go to a marriage workshop. You go when your marriage is good and it will get better. And so we see lots of really good, healthy marriages. Um, we see lots of young couples and young family. Lots of people have questions. They're looking for answers. And I am thankful for, for churches basically saying, hey, come use our facilities that are willing to step up and because there's bad answers out there in the world and we've got to make sure that uh you know the christian side of it is heard from the guy that created marriage is god you know on how to do marriage and family and so we've got to continue to just have churches stepping up and going hey we're going to do a workshop we're going to do a retreat we're going to do a marriage class it's just got to be a message the church continually and constantly is giving their communities Hmm. So that's really, I'm really excited to, to share more of your guys' resources with our audience. But I want to ask a question about you guys in your marriage. Uh, when you were in your early years of parenting, you said you've raised four, four boys. And 
they're now all grown. They're out of the home. Your empty nesters now. But what did you guys do and how did, what did it look like when you were in those early years of raising your children to keep your marriage about first and foremost, a healthy, a healthy marriage before it, instead of it just becoming this partnership that we're trying to raise kids and, and keep them, you know, out of prison. Like what, what, what did that look like in your home? And did you guys have to fight to kind of like maintain romance and to re- maintain a romantic relationship in the midst of, of that journey of being a parent? Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing we did was we we always tried to make sure that we had time or made time uh, for dates. You know, we we didn't want to stop going on dates. And our kids, you know, sometimes would be like, well, we want to go. Why can't we go? And it's like, no, we, you know, we, we took you with us the last two or three times. It's our turn to just go, you know, be together. And um, it was healthy for them to see that. Uh, we tried at least once a year, probably not as often as, as we should, but with a lot of small children, we couldn't sneak away for weekends away, but at least once a year, we would try to get away, you know, get some family to keep our kiddos and, and go away for a long weekend or, you know, a week during the week. And, um, times like that are just essential to, you know, to the romance and the, uh, the connection in marriage. One of the things we've noticed being empty nesters is, is we did a good job at not just being mom and dad for the last 30 something years. We, we worked hard to be husband and wife in the home too. Uh, a lot of, a lot of couples will take off their mom and or their husband and wife hat and put on their mom and dad hat. And they'll go, well, we'll go back and get married and being married when the kids leave the home, you know, and you have empty nests, but a lot of couples have empty marriage. And so if you'll, if you'll be married and you'll work on being married while you're raising your kids, um, you'll empty nest is a whole lot more fun uh, because you've got that relationship that's back in there, which is really, really pretty awesome. Um, we, we see a lot of couples that just, they just kind of turn into mom and dad and they don't spend a whole lot of time being husband and wife. And, and, and then they, they kind of struggle with that and, and your kids, our boys, one of the things that we've caught is our kids are telling us today, hey, I didn't realize how important it was that we got to see y'all as a married couple, mm-hmm. not just as mom and dad, because they've kind of learned how to do some marriage by watching us, by going on dates, uh, by, you know, doing little things that they've seen either me treat their their mama or their mama treat me a certain way. Um, we love hearing comments from our kids going, Hey, thank y'all. I, I didn't realize how important it was that I got to see y'all as married people and dating and being affectionate and all them things that kids say is gross that they actually like after a while. Right. Just modeling a, a healthy marriage in general. Yeah. That's so true. I think they do appreciate it. I think I did appreciate watching my parents have that affection. I still like, I appreciate watching your parents have that affection. It just, it gives you so much security that like, oh, they, they like each other and I can tell, you know, as a kid. Oh yeah. And I know that Katie and I, that those are kind of, you know, our people that we look up to in marriage, yourselves included, are people that have raised, you know, healthy children. And then their marriage seems more romantic and, and more fun than ever with the, with the kiddos gone. Cause like you said, unfortunately, it doesn't seem to always be the case where it's like they're one thing in common left the house. And then they're trying to find what it was in the first place that brought them together. But as you said too, which I think is so important is that that doesn't, you can't just turn that off and on. You've, it just you can't just plan on 25 years later being able to jump back into 
you know, a, a marriage, it's something that you have to continue to nurture and to tend to throughout those child training years. And I'm curious, you just going to throw out there one more statistic that fits with that. It is common knowledge uh, that there is a little peak in the divorce rate uh, when when kids leave the home uh, because all of a sudden parents who have just been parents and not really been husband and wife for 25 years, they look across the table at each other and don't know each other. And so, you know, for a long time, uh, marriage therapists and studied that trying to figure out what is that and and they have come to realize that that is empty nest a lot of times where they you know a couple just hasn't been married they've just kind of done life together and raised kids together I love how on your Instagram you guys share a lot of different quotes about being your spouse's friend and what are some ways that you guys developed your friendship over the years or is, has it been like by doing things together by you know getting times away or just conversation? Like how have you built up that friendship? Yes, I think all of the above what you said. Um, I think common interests play a huge part in that. Uh, We've had to, you know, learn to do things that the other likes to do that we didn't necessarily think we would like, um, but we we tried it anyway, you know, and um, yeah, common interests are huge because they give you things to have conversations about. And then, you know, if, if you both love baseball, then you'll want to go on a getaway to watch baseball. You know, it just, it just snowballs when you have a lot of common interests that can keep you strong. Yeah. Friendship is just, it is just the key to a healthy marriage. And, and, you know, you, you can't be friends in marriage if you don't ever spend any time together. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's something that Katie and I want to continue, continually work on because we've almost found it times because we've had. Uh, you know, four children in our first five years of marriage, and we've moved a handful of times, done different careers. Our life has felt at times like you're just trying to um, just trying to survive, tread water. And we've learned to be really good partners in those seasons where you kind of like the crises because you appreciate your spouse's um, strengths so much more. But then when times of leisure come, we'll find ourselves trying to find things to, you know, relate to. So for the most part, we've done a good job in finding common interests, but I could see how that could potentially be an area where we, we lack, um, connection in because we've gotten so used to always being on the fly, always attacking the next mission, trying to survive. And again, I'm grateful that I really can lean on Katie in those times of, you know, minor crisis, but I want to be able to enjoy times of leisure as well with my spouse of just carefree timelessness, like you said, catching a baseball game or playing a board game together or whatever it may be. Well, I think those overnight getaways have actually been really good for that because like for the first like couple hours, we're like, okay, like there's no, nothing that demands our attention right now. And, but then I think we really start to enjoy it. And then we come home and are like, oh my word, how did we ever do all this at one time? Yes. (laughs) So, oh man. So what's something that you guys feel like you've gotten really good at in marriage like something that you you know it's all we're always learning but something you've mastered I I don't know I don't know if we ever feel like we master something um you know that we look back on and go hey we are Jedis at this I I don't (laughs) know if we're there yet but uh there were some things that we look back on and we realized that we did really well and, and a lot of it was a, it's kind of by accident. It wasn't things that we just said, Hey, this is going to be really good for us in 30 years, but uh, you know, continuing education for, for businesses is, is just 
It's so important that many businesses require it. And one of the things that we did as a young couple and, and even throughout our marriage was we kind of did what we called continuing education, meaning we anytime somebody offered any church, offered a marriage workshop or a retreat or a, a marriage conference, we were we were signing up to go. Um, when when a guy told us one time, one of the best things you can do for your marriage is to uh, yearly read a marriage book together as a couple, we started. Um, and so we kind of started doing some marriage maintenance early in marriage, and we attended an unbelievable amount of workshops and seminars and, you know, a church one night was showing, you know, videos uh, from some people just teaching marriage. And we were like, we got to go. And so those were all things that we did that really, really helped us. Hmm. That is really inspirational. I love that that just became kind of like this no brainer for you. And I know Katie and I have done that a handful of times where we hear a marriage conference has come into town and well, of course we're signing up. That's, we care about that. We, when you say you value it and you truly do value it, then you put money and you put time towards it. And it's not that all marriage, you know, conferences or workshops or books are created equal, but there's certainly something that you can learn from everything. And just the very fact that you're putting intentional time into your marriage, I think speaks volumes to your spouse and, and, and it, and it's, reaffirming to yourself that that's right. I do give a weekend of my time to marriage because marriage is so valuable to me. And it's almost like the content sometimes at the workshop isn't even as crucial as you making that intentional effort and prioritizing it in that intentional way. We really tried to become students of one another and, and that changes. Um, she's not the same girl I married. She doesn't always have the same likes and dislikes, uh, I'm not the same guy that that she married, you know, 33 years ago. And so we still are reading marriage books together and we're still trying to learn, you know, as we change what we like and don't like. And still asking questions. We're still asking lots of questions uh, because that's so important, even mm. even after a, uh, you've been married for a while. Hmm. What are some questions that you would encourage like our audience? Do you have like some go to questions or is it just like in general taking interest in, you know, your spouse? What do you think? I, I think just in general, we we like to use conversation starters, you know, that you can just, there's tons of them out there. You can Google conversation starters and it just gets you to talking about things that you wouldn't normally think about, you know, things from your past or, or things that you might dream about, you know, dream vacations or things mm. like that. And so um, we love using those. Mm, uh, but we also, there are times where we kind of ask one another, you know, how, how, how am I doing on meeting your needs? Is there anything that in your life going on that I could do a better job and step up on? And so, you know, those are, those are really important questions to ever now, now, you know, I, I try to speak her love language. She tries to speak mine. And so we try to stop periodically and go, how am I doing on that? You know, um, is there something I could do a little bit different, a little bit more? Um, it, it never hurts Early in marriage, we were like, oh, don't be critical. Don't tell me what I'm doing wrong. And now it's kind of like, is there something I can do better? Um, how can I be better at, at meeting your needs of what it is that you that's important to you? Hmm. I love that. I, I like that Katie and I, Katie's done a really good job of kind of having a list of questions that she we will revisit on a regular basis, something like that. You know, on a scale of one to 10, 
where do you think we are? You know, questions like that to try to, you know, check the temperature on, on your marriage from the other person, have the other person tell you what the temperature is, you know, not just your own, your own senses. Uh, I, you know, in closing, I'm really curious if you guys could go back to those first, you know, three to five years of marriage after having the experience that you have, um, is there anything that, like one thing in particular that you'd say, you'd go back to, maybe each one of you, you know, Trey, you would tell your younger self and Lee, you would tell your younger self, hey, you know, do this or don't do that, or this would be so advantageous for you. Does anything come to mind? I think I would tell myself not to be so selfish. Hmm. I mean, I think I was still in that place of, you know, I was the baby of the family and just I was just kind of used to being selfish. And so um, I think it took me a while, a few years of marriage to realize, hey, the world does not revolve around me. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I would just have to tell myself it's not about you. Yeah. And I was kind of going to go the same direction that it would be the same thing that, uh, you know, as a as a man, I struggle with pride sometimes thinking everything's got to be my way and doing things my way. And and oftentimes, as I would love, I would love to go back to my younger self and say, hey, grow up and quit worrying about, you know, getting everything the way you like it and love your wife for who she is. And uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of things I'd love to say to that younger self. <laughs> well, I think that's the irony of marriage is when our selfishness comes out, it's like because we want happiness, right? Like we want something for ourselves, but in God's economy, when we are loving our spouse, how they want to be loved, you get so much more in like a healthy marriage. I feel like the reciprocating love is so much stronger Mm. than when we're trying to cling to our own and look out for ourselves and get our own way. In the end, we end up a lot happier. That is a great point. That is a great point. Hmm. Wow. Well, you guys, thank you so much for taking this time. Um, you know, I love that you guys have your website cause it's very, a straightforward place to go and find all your resources. It's tr- it's Trey where you can find kind of a variety of the things that you're doing. You can see the workshops and your schedules. Uh, is there any, any other things you're excited about upcoming events, any things, any resources you're coming out with in the near future that you want to tell our audience about, or would you just encourage them to go to Trey at Trey You think to find all that? Yeah, it's all there. We've written a couple of books. One is a, a book on marriage uh, that has blessed us, uh, how we've kind of been blessed over 30 years of things that we did. And then we've written a book, a devotional book. We've had a lot of Christian couples go and what's a good book we could do together that doesn't require a lot of time. And we we did a book last year uh, over the book of Proverbs. It, it, it'll take you about 10 to 15 minutes a morning to go through and read the book chapter of Proverbs and do some discussion questions. And those are both there. We coming up, we're doing a marriage cruise. We're excited about this. Oh, we're cool. going out of Galveston. It's going to be 85 degrees uh, on a cruise in January. We're excited. This is our first uh, marriage cruise that we're doing. We've got a bunch of couples coming with us. We're just going to spend a week um, focusing on our marriages and having some fun. And we're excited about that. Oh wow, that is too cool! And and everybody and our, our listeners can find all of that at trainlee.com. Is that correct? They can. We actually have some spots. We actually had a couple of spots that have opened up on the cruise. And and if you're looking for a uh, a Christmas present for your spouse, uh, that might be worth it because it's actually a really really good price. I was going to say that sounds like a great Christmas present. <laughs> yeah. I know. Hint hint. No. Hint hint. Yeah. <laughs> 
Awesome. Thank uh-huh. you guys so yeah, much for joining so us much. today. We really appreciate it. I love your ministry so much. We've both been so encouraged by it. And just like the last three to four months of following you guys. So thank you for everything that you do. And hopefully we'll meet you in person someday because I really want to come to one of your retreats. We would love that. Thank you for having us on. Awesome. Thank you guys. Bye-bye. Bye.